Pam 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 tan 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 I thought you were doing I thought it was going into Rocky. Oh isn't that Rocky? I was gonna do <laughs> is this our sweat montage because we're sitting in our sweat lodges again? Yeah, maybe. I try to close the blinds before we started because it's hot as heck. Maybe it's appropriate that we have a spiritual experience while we have these conversations. <laughs> we sweat it out. We work it out. <laughs> It has been a season. I've hugged my son. I hugged my son, but I wanted to hug your son. Oh, goodness. I've cried about our future. I had complicated feelings and arguments about marching in a pandemic. And I literally tried to meditate away reality. I read some books. I got my senator on speed dial. But still, there is so much more work to do. That's why we're back. And this is Your Neighbor's Hood. The The Season season of of Solutions. Solutions. With Hannah and Jackie. That's how I feel about this. Where to even start? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So here we are at Solutions, though. Yes. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are at Solutions. And we still feel like... Yeah. Knocking it out like Rocky. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So what what were you left with after the last conversation? Or what has been marinating around in your mind about this topic? How expansive this daggum thing is. How... It's just a lot. I mean, to even think about work solutions right now coming out of the pandemic, it's just work looks so different in a lot of ways right now. And Mm -hmm. work solutions look, I don't think I would say the same if we were trying to have this conversation in January of 2020, some of the things that are crossing my mind right now wouldn't even be a, a factor. It wouldn't even be a thing. Because I'm thinking, well, well, because I'm thinking about as we like sort of walk towards solutions, like there's definitely a stronghold over valuing people, valuing livable wages, valuing, um, and I'm not even saying work-life balance, but I'm saying like valuing that we're humans too, that like work isn't all encompassing of our life. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about applying for this job and in applying I thought can I be can my kids get sick like what will happen (laughs) if we get how what does that look like and I thought about it in a whole different way than I have ever thought about it for other jobs what do you mean what do you mean break that down I remember when I lived in Minnesota there was a sick kid care so if your kid got sick and you still had to go to work There was this special place you could go if they had space available where there was caregivers and there was a nurse on call. Girl. Not sick like, you know, not terribly sick, but if you you had, if they had a fever and they couldn't go to the regular daycare for fear of getting everybody else sick, there was this special thing that you could do. 
And, you know, sometimes, some days you just can't drop everything, just depending on what day it is at work or what your expectations are, you know, all that. And I know, I feel pretty sure that that's an unusual thing. Yes. I just wrote it down because I was like, oh. I mean, I've never been in this situation in my life before where there's a a re-engagement with the workforce after having kids. I just so happen to be in that moment acutely when a lot of people are in that moment because of COVID. Right. Right. Like we're sharing this experience of trying to figure out what it looks like. And some to be from a place of privilege, haven't really had to think about it, been able to be home. Some folks have been just like dealing and struggling with this throughout the pandemic, particularly women, particularly families, particularly people of color. Right. In Mm -hmm. service industry and these sorts of things, because we can't forget that piece in this conversation. So, again, from my point of privilege. Ain't mm-hmm. even been thinking about it other than the activism side or the podcast side of things of getting perspective. I'm with you. Yeah. Yep. The world's opening up. <laughs> yeah. So from your perspective, you think people are more on board with like more energized around treating humans like humans? I think people. I don't know that employers feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know that employers are in the mindset of. Yes, I'm absolutely ready to pay a livable wage or even prevailing wages, or I'm absolutely ready to make sure that people get the sorts of time off that they need when it comes to paid family sick leave or whatever. I'm not sure that employers are at that point, but I know people after this, it's like, how do you go back to that struggle? It's like, nah. I don't want to go back to that struggle. And I think part of the solution piece and all the things that we talked about, there's it's just so many different folds of like, what does it look like to advocate for equity and employment on so many different facets and also dignity and employment? (laughs) Well, there is this one piece of art that was done by a ninth grader, Anjunath Sidhu Vinalyala. That's, I'm embarrassed about my pronunciation of that, but it's an image that we can share and I can share with you if I haven't already, that the child painted because his father continually introduced his mother as she's just a housewife, she doesn't work. Anjunath was surprised because he never saw his mother idle, so he painted this to depict his mother's daily routine and showed it to his teacher who sent it to the state government office where it got selected as the cover page for the 2021 gender budget document. Yes. And the image is just all the things that she does throughout the day. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay, well, I will definitely share that with you. And then I saw this from a local restaurant owner. It says, a peek into the restaurant industry. Our beef prices are up 47%. Chicken prices are up a minimum of 40% for breasts and over 100% for wings. Shrimp went up 25% today. Pork is up 51%. Cod is up 30%. Credit card uses and associated fees are up and money is down. Paper products are up 20% or limited and earth-friendly stock. Delivery fees are up because fuel is up. Staffing is down. Wages up. New staff are learning, so there's a learning curve. So all this is to say be kind to small businesses, show grace, and give constructive feedback. And so I guess, and so then they say, stop saying if they paid more about small businesses. Small business owners take incredible financial risks, sacrifice so much of their family time, give so much to charities, have unpredictable pricing, equipment failures, impacted by weather, high insurance costs, et cetera. 
So it's offering that you could help out a small business by writing a five-star review or just being aware of that dynamic to the ask of, of higher wages. What say you to that? I know. I, I wish I wish that everyone could see your face right now. <laughs> because it's I think it's a yes and. I think mm-hmm. it's it's hard, I'm sure of it, being a small business owner and I, I like the fact that there's a way to help that doesn't beat up your pocketbooks and mm-hmm. particularly in the service industry, I think there's that conversation about I think there's a recent conversation about tips, taking away like tips and how mm-hmm. that's gonna hurt. But if we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty with tips and things like that, we have to recognize where they come from, right? And I think mm-hmm. we talked about this in the other episode, right? Yeah. And that, I just, this is so thick to me. It's so thick. I I agree. I agree that when I look at my grocery bill and what I have in hand, we're definitely shifted in cost on things. Like, Mm -hmm. there's definitely Mm -hmm. been a shift. But also, I think about the work that a server does, right? And how in-depth that is. It's not just bringing food to tables it's an art and a science been there oh yeah and I I remember it was before the holiday season one year and I had saved up all my tips and because they're all coming in as little pieces of cash I just saved them up saved them up saved them up and then I've had them in my jacket pocket put my jacket down somewhere I lost everything before I could make it to deposit it in the bank and that was rent it was trip home that was everything and and for all my money to come in that form you know to to be so dependent on how people felt i i have been there i remember it ain't easy that part the sum of your check is based off on how people feel about you that day how generous they are like their own lived Mm -hmm. experience with it like that's a lot to me I'm not cool with subminimum wage, which is why organizations like One Fair Wage is like so important. Yeah, well, tell us about One Fair Wage. So One Fair Wage is really, I'll say I got introduced to it through the United State of Women, mm-hmm. but they're doing some really amazing things. They're actually right now helping restaurant workers and gig workers with an emergency fund, but overall, a lot of their advocacy aims to eliminate that sub-minimum wage. It's a national organization for service workers, restaurants, just trying to end that and and also improve wages and working conditions for service folks around the United States. But a lot of this requires policy, right? Like it requires to have a full minimum wage. I think what is sub-minimum wage at this point? $2.18 or something like that? Like... It's crazy. It's out of control. It may be less than that, but it's just, Mm -hmm. I learned so much with them. I just think it's, yeah, it's $2 and 13 cents. And this is our primary, this is our big solution for this month. And so 
I've really been grappling with this whole idea of us providing like quick and easy solutions, approachable solutions, because on one hand, it's an attempt to get people to engage in some way, like take one step that you yeah. wouldn't have taken. Because if everybody does it imperfectly, then we're moving forward. Right. So what I like about One Fair Wage is that they do have some, they have three quick tips. One is to contact your legislator and they've got it all set up for you. Um, two is you can communicate every time you eat out so you can communicate with your server and they've got a little thing that you can share with your server so that they can also participate. And number three is to contribute resources or time. And so they have ways to volunteer, ways to get more involved and to, of course, donate to support their work. So there's all different ways of engagement with this one org that we're talking about now. But then the other part of me is recognizing that the pull to have a quick solution <laughs> for these things that are so messy and so yeah. tangled up. Because as I was thinking in between times that we've spoken, I've gotten really just in spirals in my head about, well, really the solution to employment points back to all the other episodes we've done so far. And it points forward to what we're talking about next month, which is transportation. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, if you want to find solutions for employment, then you should look to the solutions that we've already done. <laughs> but this one is just, it feels messier. I don't know. Does it feel messier to you? It does. It feels it just more complicated. Feels like it is, it is the, it is influenced by so many different things, mm -hmm. right? I just feel like there's so many touch points between employment and education. It's like this, it's a vine, like mm -hmm. the vines that are growing on the side of my house. Mm -hmm. that are out of control and you don't know which one you're pulling first it's mm -hmm. yeah, directly related to education directly related to transportation directly related to, to health and housing mm -hmm. I mean they're all like this but I don't know why employment feels so freaking heavy I don't know why it feels so heavy and maybe because it's so ex employment looks different it's so expansive right it's we were just talking about being creators and how that is a whole thing. It's just, it's a lot. And there's not much to take from it, which is why it's like, I feel like you, like you said, making it simple is just not, it's not it. We can definitely see like the correlations and how deeply rooted some of this stuff is. Like we were just talking about the tip stuff, like that's from slavery and most of the people affected are women and people of color, but it's, it's really difficult to say like, hey y'all, this is what you need to do. This is where you can start. But like you said, there's no perfect way to do this. It's a heavy one, that's all. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> on that note, we do have one other thing that we can, <laughs> we can tell people to start with, which is We Buy Black which is a website that directly supports black makers. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not, there is no easy off the hook solution for any of these. I no. guess that's really the point that I'm getting to. Mm -hmm. But instead of getting bogged down with that messiness and the problems which have been woven for over 400 years that are landing on our doorstep, you can do something. There is something that you can do today. Yeah. And then make practice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. There's something, it's a funny, funny thing. My mother just found We Buy Black like 
earlier, it was Monday to be exact, because I know. And she said, you heard about this website where you could, it's all kinds of black companies that you can buy from? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, black buy. I was like, like Best Buy or what are we? <laughs> She's like, it's on the internet. And I was like, oh, we buy black. Yeah, you know about this? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do. Supporting small black businesses that are trying to get themselves off the ground. Right? That are doing the daggum thing. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to, to, be able to support in some way, shape, or form. But dang, I, I just feel like maybe I'm so blunt. I feel like maybe I'm so bummed about this because COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's COVID that's like, oh, how do we do this? So many people losing their jobs. And I'm definitely concerned with the mental health side of working. Once the unemployment benefits stop, right, the extra benefits stop mm-hmm. and people really have to make the hard decision to get back to get back into the workplace. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a great start. I mean, just really looking into one fair rage and we buy black. And maybe you can also revisit an episode we did a little while back called Back to Work, which was, again, about COVID and going back to work. And this was less about the overarching idea of employment and wages and more about just how to be good to your colleagues and how to make work a less harmful place (laughs) for people just trying to do their jobs. Yes, right. Especially when we had two pandemics we had the social justice pandemic and Mm -hmm. the health pandemic (laughs) you mentioned your mom and it made me think of my dad who sits on facebook but he posted this quote today which i thought was appropriate to what we're talking about it's a quote from sarah kinswar when wealth is passed off as merit bad luck is seen as bad character This is how ideologues justify punishing the sick and the poor. Mm. But poverty is neither a crime nor a character flaw. Stigmatize those who let people die, not those who struggle to live. Yeah, Dad. Felt felt right. Yeah. Go on, Dad. Felt topical. Getting deep on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just put that in as a little Easter egg in case he ever listens. (laughs) (laughs) So if he never tells you anything, Dad, (laughs) if you hear this, you must mention this. I saw one thing you posted on Facebook once. Once, one time. But yeah, Hannah, so what are your overarching closing thoughts about this? It feels a lot of blah. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly the way I would put it. I, I... just felt almost like, do we even have anything to record for this episode? (laughs) I mean, that sounds so disappointing to say, but if I'm just being really honest about this, this one just feels so tangled up. But I guess you brought up a good point earlier on, which was what values are you holding on to of things that you learned during COVID. And I've been thinking about that a lot since you mentioned it to me and trying to think when things got scary and we all buckled down and we all looked around and evaluated what was important to us, what can I remember what those things were now? And can I hang on to those as I 
engage with the idea of employment, not just for myself, but for my community. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'll tell you, as we talked about the values piece earlier, I was like, what value did I get? Um, I felt like my life picked up during COVID in some ways, but well-being. Yeah. God dog it. Like, it's well-being. Like, can we really consider that? I think during the pandemic, my work life flashed before my eyes from 18 where I was doing it by myself until this point. It's like, wow, people were really being terrible. It was pretty crappy out there in the work world. Mm -hmm. So I think what's sitting with me is well-being. Now, there's another side of it, the, the stuff I'm personally responsible for, like my own personal health. But just, I'm talking about workplace well-being. Like, mm -hmm. wow, I think my standards for walking back into a building has completely changed. So what does well-being mean to you? I think it's the work environment. I think, if I'm being candid about work environment, just I think the last, which maybe this was important to me, which is why I left the nine to five in 2018 is the straw that sort of broke the camel's back for me was a client telling me I had too many black people in a presentation. Mm. And then having undertones of that client, feeling like that client had some bias in doing the work that was not good for my work well-being. I had a hard time finishing that project. <laughs> yeah. Um, the response to that, the response to that, or even you know, bringing that to my leadership, I think my tolerance for not considering culture, both inside and outside of the workplace is low because that's what's good for my mental health within the workplace. And I think a lot of employers need to consider their employees' well-being. I don't know if that answered the question. No, no, no. I, I wanted to really make sure that I understood where you were coming from. When I think about times where I've experienced discrimination in the workplace, which I am not comparing to racism, which I have not experienced, but times when I have been discriminated against for something out of my control, it has stuck with me and then sat on me as a label that I feel in myself as I engage even in other workplaces. Yeah. So that's the gaze with which I'm thinking of what that must be like. Yeah. It's to me, well-being in the workplace is as important as safety. It is safety. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. We're in a very reflective time right now, if I'm just being candid. Yeah. It's just between digesting this pandemic's influence on our hyper-awareness of what's going on, there's this sort of interconnectivity of having, I don't know if it's healthy environments, period, that's where my head is on the work topic. I guess I'm saying that work health or work equity is as important as personal health or has some synergy with personal values. I don't think that's a new thing because I think people are like, you work where you feel valued, but I think the tolerance for the bull crap 
has definitely been lessened. And we can see that with Hannah Nicole Joe. Wow, yes. Wow, wow, wow. How have we not even discussed this? Yeah, we can see that, right? I'm going to go where I'm valued. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to let the prestige or the money of this occupation or this particular opportunity prevent me from having well-being, you know? So. And the beauty for me of her decision is that she will be training the next generation who I, in my imagination, are like the next Nicole Hannah-Joneses all coming up and then doing that same thing. It's really, it's incredibly hopeful to me. I said her name all backwards. But for those who don't know, Nicole Hannah-Jones. Oh, I, I heard it correctly. So I <laughs> yeah, didn't I catch said it. it wrong. But she announced the other week that she was going to be leaving University of North Carolina to go to Howard University, which is a or HBCU. Mm-hmm. And her decision was really based on their blatant bias in offering her tenure at the University of North Carolina, something that I think they said had never, she, she said that it had never been a conversation before as to whether or not to offer someone a tenure in her case. And a lot of the backlash came from that, what is that, the, the 1619 Project, mm-hmm. uh, which really just told us we were a mess in some ways. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, which, which is true. <laughs> which is really just history. And she's got a children's book coming out Ooh. soon, too. So that's it. So these are other baby steps. <laughs> if you want to support Nicole Hannah-Jones, definitely 1619 and then definitely Born in the Water mm. are her works. And what was so egregious about it is that she's won every award under the sun for her work. She couldn't be more decorated and intelligent. So to have that tenure withheld was was ridiculous and I hope a lesson is learned. <laughs> I'm glad you said ridiculous because in my head before you even said that I was like was effing ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to come up with another something you know <laughs> less on the nose but it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous but it goes back to valuing who you are and having yeah. a different set of values coming out of this. I said double pandemic. It was a triple pandemic because economically stuff was crazy. Racial Israel. justice yeah. was crazy and health stuff was crazy. Like coming out of this triple pandemic, she said, nah, you're not going to make no. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have done that on, for a good job. Well, I hope it sticks. Yeah. I hope those things that we as a larger society did, if people did look at their yeah. values and if they are, once the unemployment check stops and once And I mean, even now with the whole modern civil rights moment, sort of, I I don't know what that's looking like if people are losing interest. I mean, I I have a strong suspicion that the heat that was there originally is sizzling, is simmering down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that has is just because we can't maintain a fever pitch, but because people are folding things in and just living differently. But it all sounds to me just like a call to live a little bit differently. For ourselves and for how we think about our community members and our neighbors. That part. Because we're your neighbor's hood. And we're trying to get you out of the usual thinking. I want to know what our listeners have to say about this. I want to know if there's things that we're missing or differing opinions out there. And so we're going to go live for our Tuesday Night Live on the 27th of July. We'll be available to hear what you think. 
which would be amazing. And then we head into our last month for this season of Solutions where we're talking about transportation. Transportation, get on the bus, get on the bus. Transportation, get in the car. I'm on the love train, love train. People all over the world, we're going to join hands. Start a love train. All right, you've been listening to your neighbor's hood. And as always... Give us a like, a rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, and join us on social. Stay open, stay curious, and make it a great day. Closer to history. History.